0: Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Well, this morning we are um, privileged. Nay, we are overjoyed. I don't even know if overjoyed is enough to describe what's about to happen. I think that uh, with just a little more practice, the next person to introduce our speaker could possibly be the angel Gabriel. That's that's how sought after this man is, and uh, I'd appreciate this morning if you would welcome our very special speaker, who is Mr. Carlisle Kent, to bring us part three of our series. Good morning. morning. Oh, thank you, thank you. Good morning. Oh, Terry, good. There you go. Uh, So, I'm continuing the series uh, Tell It, and last week you heard Jana speak on Blessing and Favor, and uh, she did a great job, I'm so proud of my wife. Uh, The thing I'm definitely proud about my wife was um, during the meeting on what words we're going to speak on, uh, Pastor Trav and Amy said, like, this is what you're going to speak on, Jana, but, you know, Blessing and Favor, we know how you're going to go with it. Like, Carlisle, he's blessed and favored, like, she loves me so much, and it's just, and I said, Jana, it's about Christmas. It's not about me, but I understand, so. So uh, I'm just going to open up in prayer here. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, I just uh, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this time and season in our life, and thank you for sending your Son to us, Father. We just ask that you just bless the service and uh, bless this time in your name. Amen. So the title of this message is Guidance, and Guidance Defined is advice information aimed to resolving a problem or difficulty especially as given to someone in authority he looked to his father in inspiration and guidance Uh, words to describe advice counsel direction instruction and teaching so I'm gonna read three scriptures with four prophetic words on how God's guidance was with Joseph so we're gonna begin in Matthew 1 18 to 23. And now this is the birth of Jesus uh, the Messiah. So we'll start off. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engage- engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid take, to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you will name, her, uh, name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this has occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the, the prophet. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel which means God with us. So Joseph was faced with a a difficult choice on either breaking this engagement with uh, Mary, but perhaps uh, he didn't think of other options. He thought there's only one option, and uh, God gave him another option, and that was to marry Mary. So in the view of the circumstances, this had not occurred to Joseph, but God often shows us that there's more available options. So although Joseph seemed to be doing the right thing by breaking the engagement, only God's guidance helped him do the best, make the best decision. But that did not make it easy for a decision. Consenting to marry is surely cast doubt on his innocence regarding the pregnancy, as well as leaving both of them with a social stigma that they would carry out the rest of their lives. Yet Joseph clo- uh, chose to obey. He's a good man. When our decisions affect our lives, with others, we must always seek the wisdom and then be willing to follow through no matter what it takes. So, moving forward, this is uh, Jesus is born. Um, he, they're going back home, and we're going to look in Matthew 2.13. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream Get up, flee from Egypt, and the child, uh, the child and his mother. The angel said, Stay here until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for this child to kill him. And then we look right to verse 19 to 23 in Matthew. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to his dream, uh, in a dream to Joseph. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to Israel, the land of Israel, because those who are trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he, he, when he learned that the ruler of Judah was Herod's son, Archelaus, He was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in the town called Nazareth. that fulfilled what the prophet had said. He was called the Nazarene. So these prophetic words are amazing. Uh, This is what we can get from these prophetic words of Joseph. God's going to guide me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to uh, be uh, upset or go through anxiety in my life. Because Jesus came to guide us and show us. So God was telling us that Jesus is coming. He's going to warn us. He's going to tell us in dreams. He's going to guide us to where to go, when to move, yeah. when to take another job. God's going to guide us through it all. Yeah. So this is what Christmas means. God came to bless us, <laughs> came to give us grace, and give us salvation. But he also came to guide us every day in the blessing of the benefit of our family. That's what he did for Joseph So you might say he spoke a lot through dreams. Uh, He still speaks through dreams. They just didn't have the Bible on them all the time. They didn't have it on their cell phones. They didn't have it in their homes. It was actually in the temple where the Bible was. So he spoke a lot through dreams. But God speaks a lot through his word. Just think of, uh, we have it on us all the time. Wherever we go, 24-7, we have access to the Bible, and we don't even read it. It's right in our pocket. We can read it anytime. And maybe God is wanting to speak to us, and maybe while we're waiting in a waiting room or something, we have that access right there to speak to him at any time. God guides us through the Holy Spirit. He guides us by his word. The will of God is the word of God. So if you want to know what God thinks about something, well, then you need to know what he's already said about something. The Bible's not a map. It's not like I'm a step-by-step direction to lead you to the destination in a way, but It's not like who you're going to marry, the specific name, the job that you should take, and clues that you need to figure out. When we don't know what to do, which way to turn, the Holy Spirit is going to point us in the right direction. So the Bible and the the Holy Spirit is our compass that points us into the direction of uh, truth. It points us into the direction of true north. So where you can say my thoughts, my doubts, my fears, my ideas, my dreams... How do they line up with the compass of, in the direction the way scriptures are pointing me? God will never tell you to do something that contradicts the scriptures, say. So God will never tell you to steal, cheat on your taxes. He's not even going to tell you to do something that he's already said you not to do. So God will never violate his written word. So if you want to know what he thinks about a decision you're facing, then you need to know what he's already said. If you want to know what God thinks about relationships, then you are, you need to th- uh, see what He's already said about relationships. If you want to know what God thinks about generosity, leadership, uh, conflict, marriage, your lifestyle you live, what has God already said about it in His Word about these things? Because many of the times, the answers are we're looking for is already there in the Word. In Psalms 119, 105, the Word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So opening up the Bible is like turning on the lights in a dark room. It just reveals the things that are hidden and dark. His word lights up the way for us. And then we're going to look at 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and what to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us when we're right. So the primary way God speaks, he speaks through the word. So Romans 8, 28, we're going to go one more verse here. And we know that God causes everything to work together for his good, of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So God speaks through circumstances, God opens doors, God closes doors. So think how God has made you. Just think right now how uh, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your passions, your desires, your abilities, your personality, your experiences, and your circumstances, God has given these things and shapes you with a certain way so that he you can use him for His will. Why would God give you all these things if He didn't intend for you to use them for His glory? So why would God give a cheetah speed if He didn't want him to run? Why would God give an eagle wings if He didn't want him to fly? So why would God give you what He's put in your life if He didn't intend for you to use them? So all things point to the purpose of guiding you. He will show you the way. So. Who or what is guiding your life? Who's really guiding what you're thinking? Your attitude, your wishes, your desires, and how you work. Are you guided by something or someone? Or just the feelings or by emotions? God intends us to live by relationship. God by his word and by the Holy Spirit. God has given us a compass, which is the Holy Spirit that lives in us. He gives us direction and guidance every day of our life. The word of God gives us direction you'll hear me say direction and guidance many times today we sometimes only want uh, open the word when we're in trouble but God says it's there all the time John 16 and 13 but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own but whatever he hears he will speak and he will disclose it to you to you what is to come so God's going to guide you, He's going to speak, He's going to warn you, He's going instruct, to instruct you and He's going to counsel you. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys heard this story uh, in Australia, uh, the flight to nowhere. Um, it happened uh, in, uh, yeah, in Australia. So there's a flight to uh, nowhere and it's the uh, Qantas Boeing 747 Dreamline aircraft. Now it's usually reserved for intercontinental journeys across the continents. So the flight to nowhere, uh, Qantas Airlines said it was the fastest ticket sold in September for a flight in October, so of this year. So the cheap, t- uh, so it sold actually in ten minutes in record-breaking time. Cheap tickets were $575, and the first-class tickets were $2,675. So what does a person get for that money? Seven hours of circling around Australia and landing back in the same place you started. Yeah, gross. That's what I said. Uh, so, people are so tired about uh, being stuck at home and so weary of going nowhere that they're willing to spend hundreds of dollars to go nowhere. So, imagine to pay money just to fly in circles. To me, Mr. Budget says no, so I wouldn't do that. So, how many of us are living like this flight to nowhere? You start out and you, end, you don't even end up stepping out. Or, you step out and you come back right where you started. How many of us are just circling around, too too scared to do what God is wanting to guide us or what God's calling us to do? So how many of us are going around with no direction, no compass, with no guidance, especially now in everything going on with COVID? God faithfully guided Joseph. He promised to direct our path if if you put your trust in him. Psalm 32, 8. The Lord says, I will guide you the best way, or the best pathway for your life. Not the worst way, the best way for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. God's given us a gift of the compass. And you might say it's the GPS that points us to where we go. Like we've seen in the Bible, uh, Moses leading the people to the promised land. There was a cloud in the wilderness over the tabernacle. And when the cloud moved, they would pull up camp and move with the cloud. Which was God, and there's still a cloud, but it's the Holy Spirit, and it's with us all the time. Yeah. And in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 31:8, "Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will be personally or personally go ahead of you. He will be with you, and he'll neither fail you or nor abandon you. So where I go, God goes before me. That's amazing. You can trust that. Yeah. Sometimes we believe that just only the good things are because of the result of the guidance of God. But God uses circumstances. And sometimes God will push us in the direction he intends us to go. So um, I'm not going to put the scripture up, but it's in Exodus, and it's when Moses is leading the Israelites out of, uh, are leading them to the promised land. And Pharaoh let the people go after all the plagues. And it's an escape to the Red Sea. So as the Israelites have left, Pharaoh changed his mind. He called his Army and set off to pursue the Israelites on chariots. The Israelites, in great fear, cried to Moses, It would have been better for us to stay than to die in the wilderness. But Moses told them that God would help them. God ordered Moses to stretch out a staff over the Red Sea, and then sea parted. This allowed the Israelites to escape across cross the sea and away from the Egypts unharmed. Meanwhile, Pharaoh and his army followed them by charging into the sea. But Moses waved his staff, and the sea returned to the normal heights, swallowing up the entire army of Pharaoh. So this is what I'm telling you, that God used the chariots of Egypt and the whip of Pharaoh to make sure they kept on moving. So God was driving them from behind and leading them from the front, going before them. So God uh, did not lead lead them on the main, easiest way, path to go through uh, Philistine territory, even though it was the shortest route, God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and go back to Egypt. Mm-hmm. So you may, see that the, uh, you may see the promised land where you, you know God is leading you, and you see the shortest way, and it makes sense, but God knows what you'll come up against. And you'll end up giving up or maybe even turning back. So it might seem like there is no other way, a huge roadblock, a Red Sea, but God has always provided a way, even if it has to split the sea. It might be a longer uh, and seem unconventional, but God actually makes it uh, makes it to your promised land, uh, the way for your promised land. And when I was thinking about that story, I thought about uh, Jana and I moving to Edmonton. I moved to Edmonton first. We lived with Pastor Trav's brother, uh, Stephen, his younger brother, and then Janna moved with her parents and... Uh, so my plan to go there was to be a cop. Jana was to be an RN nurse, and so we got married. I was landscaping. Um, I joined the Army Reserves. Um, I actually, at 27, I took uh, evening classes to to do upgrading on on schooling, and then I uh, stopped landscaping. I went and worked for Brinks, and so I started this process of being a cop, and uh, started taking tests and figuring that out. And then we actually had Brad or um, Pastor Trav's. Other uh, brother come to town. Brad, it's something with the Hanson family, isn't it? I'm surrounded with them. They put them in my life. And um, so he offered me a job there. And I'm like, uh, we said we'd never move back to Grand Prairie. But God had a different plan. He said, go. So I think about if God was to show me standing in front of a large crowd twice in one day and think how how afraid I would have been, I don't know if I would have made those steps if he would have showed me all the way to this point, not the process going between. Yeah. And God, the thing I, I just love, is like he pulled me out of Grand Prairie, and it was like a teaching time mm-hmm. and it was a process I had to get refined. Because if I would have seen that, I think fear would have taken over and I, I wouldn't be in this point, I would be trying to run from this. Yeah. So God's going to allow your life to th- throw you off balance time to time. Mm-hmm. And God's going to put situations in your life that feel uncertain. God says he wants to guide you, he wants to teach you, he wants to prioritize your life. God's going to bring you into some unfamiliar terrain. and uh, terrain, Because God doesn't want you to depend on circumstances, he wants you to depend on him. So you don't need to trust, or you need to trust in God's guidance. Like Joseph trusted God and not to walk away from Mary. So God will, God's will will be done. And uh, I'm not saying you're not going to have... Uh, go through valleys. You're not... That I'm just saying you just can't give up. You can't cave in. You can't throw in the towel. And you can't walk away. Don't look away. Keep your eyes on him. So you might think there's a shorter way, but it doesn't make it the right way. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to call up Pastor Trav um, uh, to close the service. But just before I close, I just want to say God wants to guide you. He wants a relationship with you. And he also... uh, he just wants you to just to be in constant, constant communication. And I'm just going to read Psalms 32, 8 again. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best w- pathways for your life. Like I said before, not the not the worst pathway, but the, the best pathway to advise you and watch over you. So I want to encourage you, you might not see the result, but God does, and he will guide you through that. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.